perfect. Everybody, welcome on into the show, man. Got a good one in store. IMRB, we got DJ Eastwood, Run It Back Philly, and Luca Rosano coming in representing Toronto, baby. Man, game six tomorrow. We got 100 people in the chat already. Thank you all for being here, man. Wherever you're watching, we are live on two channels. Philly Take with RB, Run It Back Philly. Also, uh, subscribe to Luca Rosano's YouTube channel, at Luca Rosano. Uh, man, I, I can't believe we are here, man. I can't believe we're here. Me and Luca talked before the series. You know, I thought this was how the series would go. I thought it would go to seven. I picked the Sixers in seven. I didn't think it would happen like this, you know? And, and like, I just, I can't believe we are at this point, but we got game six tomorrow. Raptors trying to push it to a game seven in Philadelphia. Sixers trying to finish it off in the six. Fellas, how are we feeling? shocked <laughs> i mean i'm 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 surprised in a good way um yeah we we're talking all series you know rb uh this was uh, a series that has two tails right first three games or first two games go the way that they do sixers dominate both games at home then game three happens you guys get the joel and beat shot the redemption game if you will shades of the Kawhi leonard not to close out the series but just how it went down to go up three, nothing. And at that point, Raptors fans are feeling, okay, you know what? It was a good season. Let's look at the positives. Let's look ahead. And then the Raptors win two games in a row. They win that game four, but then it was that game five on Monday night that really made me a full believer that they could actually do something that's never been done in the 75 year history of the NBA. And here we are tomorrow night, game six, you got one team that has all the momentum on their side. And then the other team in the Sixers, that I think they look a little rattled right now. And it starts with the coach, Doc Rivers. We all saw that presser today. I, I want to know how you guys feel going into this one. I feel absolutely horrible going <laughs> into Toronto in, in, in with, with the current energy that is that is happening with this Sixers team. Going, I, I didn't want to go into Toronto in the first round in the first place with any type of energy because that team is just so physical and tough and young and athletic and fast and out rebound transition defense rotate switch everything this is the exact matchup i didn't even want in the first round um i expected the series to be six or seven games just because of that and how the sixers deficiencies kind of are the exact opposite of of that uh it's a bad matchup um but the sixers go up three zero and i'm on a high because i'm like wait a minute never mind my team's amazing the raptors suck 
You know, they can't even win a game. We're going to sweep them. And then the Sixers are like, ah, just joking. We came back down to earth real fast. Um, but really, when you look at it, man, we played like not good in game three. Uh, Joel Embiid played hero ball and, and the Raptors missed a lot of wide open shots in the fourth quarter. And we hit a game winner. Um, and ever and then we really went downhill four and five. So with that kind of downward slope and now going into Toronto, good Lord. I, I can't believe it. You know, I, I've been thinking about this for the last day and a half. After that shot that Luca talked about in Toronto, like this was the time like Joel avenged his demons. He hit yeah. the dagger. He finally overcame that hill right in Toronto with an injured thumb, by the way, mid game. And it's like, all right, we finally got him back. I never, I would have bet my entire life savings that this series would have never gone back to Toronto. How are we here? Game six back in Toronto. That atmosphere is going to be nuts. We were talking before the stream. Lucas said he'll be down there covering, covering the game. I mean, how's that environment going to be? It's going to be absolutely insane. And if it gets pushed back to a game seven, do you know how much pressure is riding on the line, man? We're talking about NBA history, something that's never been done. I, I, I just can't believe that we are here after how this series looked for three games. Like the Raptors were deflated. They were done. They had no energy. They were banged up. They were pretty much given up, like Lucas said. And we're here, man. Crazy, crazy times. Yeah, and you look at the cast that's, you know, here. Doc Rivers known for blowing leads, 3-1 three, three leads. And I saw something today on Twitter just showed how Doc Rivers – in the last couple of series, has been unable to close out series. You got Joel and B not 100%. You got James Harden, who has been a disappearing act the last two games. So I, I can sense that the pressure is on Philly now. And RB, you said it, it's something that's never been done before. Even going to this uh, juncture, only 14 teams, I believe, have ever brought it to a game six after being down 0-3. And if the Raptors win in game six, they'll be just the third team or fourth team ever to bring it to a game seven. And then I think at that point, yeah, Man, if the Sixers play in a game seven and you guys have like a 10-2 run go against you, like that crowd's going to turn on it quick, as you guys know. So uh, game six is going to be the tell, uh, you know, tell all story. I think the Sixers need to obviously show up and take that game because you guys do not want to go back to Toronto for a game seven because I think it's done at that point. I, I, that's how I see it going down. I think if the Sixers win game six, they obviously win the series. But if they lose and this goes back to seven, that the pressure is going to be too much. Raptors got proven winners in the big time moments. I, I think the, the Sixers are actually going to pull it off and collapse. Yeah. And, and just to add in there real quick, I don't know if you know, but uh, Doc Rivers has lost seven of his last eight closeout games to finish off a series. And he yeah. also leads, he's also the leader in NBA history with 31 losses in closeout games. 31. You know how many games, situations you have to be in to lose 31 games? Like, I, I don't know, man. It's yeah, just... and that can, the only way to really explain that when you look at that is lack of adjustments. There's no other way to explain that. How could you possibly blow that many leads, that many games, that many playoff leads? How could he doesn't change anything? So when the other coach and team counters and comes with something different, the next game, two games, three games, he just keeps doing the same thing every game, and the downward slope keeps happening i know sixers fans don't want to hear this because we need to change something if we want to escape this uh tragic event that's we're getting closer to but if oh my goodness i don't i, I see i don't see the sixers winning game six 
but I, I think it goes game seven, and I think they escape in game seven. I think Joel Embiid has a heroic game in game seven and gets back to what he did in game one and two and wins it for the Sixers. But I really I think that's my prediction, and that's just going to give the national media so much fuel. They're going to be doing double shows for five hours long for a whole week. Like, I, that's how I see it going because I, I just I can't see it with the Toronto crowd up there and everything us pulling that out when we couldn't even pull it out on our home court a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, I, Luke, I don't know if you remember my prediction, man, but I said Sixers and seven. Joel yeah. with an, an incredible effort in Game Seven. I'm still sticking to it, man. Forty two points in Game Seven. If it gets there, I will give you my prediction on whether we win this game later. And I definitely want to hear yours, which I think we already know at this point, but um. Let's talk about this series, guys. So, you know, the Sixers came out and they just completely whooped Toronto for three games. Like, Doc Rivers, let's be honest, he outclassed Nick Nurse for three games. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, every single guy on the floor was knocking down shots. We shot over 40% from deep the first four games of the series. But DJ said something earlier, and I want to go back to it, and it's concerning me after game five. The Sixers shot abysmal in game five. We expected that to happen, right? Like, one of these games... We weren't going to be making shots. Here's the here's the thing, though. The Raptors shot even worse. Yeah, they shot twenty five percent from three, and yeah. they whooped us by fifteen on our home floor. And now I'm seeing Doc Rivers go back to the old Doc Rivers. You know, he's sitting on the sideline. In the first couple games, he called timeouts when the Raptors were going on runs. Didn't do that anymore. The rotations. He brings Matisse Thybul in the second half when the guy was he's in his own head at this point. Like. You can't play Matisse Thybul, in my opinion. Um, but he's just going back to the, some of these other things. Meanwhile, I'm listening to Nick Nurse talk in his press conference. It's like he has this all figured out. He's he's switching guys. You know, Van Vliet's out now. He's bringing you know every guy above six foot six off the bench, and and they're switching everything. And they have Joel locked up, and he's hurting. I mean, you know, like where did the series go? Like so quick. I feel like. The Sixers played around with their food in game four and, and, and didn't get it done when they should have. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think they talked about this on uh, NBA on TNT. The Sixers expected the Raptors to just lay down. Think about that game four. Van Vliet goes down. It's a tight game. A lot of people think at that point, okay, you know, here come the Sixers. They might sweep the Raptors. But the Raptors didn't back down. They showed up for that second half. Siakam had a brilliant game. And the Raptors did exactly what you said, you know, Long lineup that they've now run through one and a half games. That's proving to work. They're switching. They're throwing multiple defenders at Joel Embiid, making them very uncomfortable, letting other guys try to beat them. And the Raptors were getting great production, you know, from their guys that needed to step up. And I, I said they needed to step up. You know, Siakam uh, coming through. Uh, OG was off uh, for that game four, but he bounced back to in, in game five. And I think having the healthy Scotty Barnes changed a whole lot because his shot wasn't falling in that game four, but he was just impacting the game, facilitating his defense. And speaking of the defense, that's one of the biggest reasons why the Raptors are back in this series. That top-notch defense that I've seen all season long finally returned. And guys are, you know, double-teaming, switching, really creating a whole wall, it seems, for the Sixers to, to try to, you know, get through. And right now, the Sixers themselves, they're not hitting shots. They're not getting the same type of production that exactly. Maxi gave them through those first two games. Um, and they, they just need those other guys to hit their shots. And I, I also said this, James Harden, he's got to do more offensively. And I would love to hear your take on this because I know a lot of people were okay 
with the new James Harden to be in the facilitator. But I mean, take last game, for example, guys. James Harden had 15 points. Danny Green had 14. Harris had 16, more than Harden. Like, he's supposed to be your second best player. He's supposed to be that Robin to the Batman that is Joel Embiid. He's got to be more aggressive. So what's going on with James Harden? He's completely looked like a shell of himself offensively these last two games. He has. There's something going on with James Harden. Uh, I, I want to get back to uh, this for a second. The Sixers have to make threes. That's their. That's the the way that they succeed. This that succeeded this entire season by making threes. They're seventh in the league in three point percentage, and they have to make threes because we don't have outside of Tyrese Maxey and we thought James Harden. We don't have perimeter creators. We don't have guys that when the three isn't falling. They're going to go make something happen, and then you end up with Joel Embiid trying to create something at the top of the key, and that's like the last thing we want, even though we love the guy, get on the block. But if they're not hitting threes, it's it's like there's there's nothing there, and and the Toronto Raptors have played it perfectly because if we're missing threes, they're just gonna they're just gonna switch everything or go zone, force us to shoot threes. Then we can't penetrate at all, and we look like what we looked like in the last game, where it's like. That's just what it is for me. This team has to make shots, period. Because when they when they are not making shots, you know, there there's not a whole lot outside of that, especially playing a defense like this. And Harden uh, ties right into that because when everybody's making shots, it's okay for James Harden to only take 11 field goal attempts and sit back there and have 13, 14, 15, 17 assists, whatever. It's the same thing. When people aren't making shots, then we start to look to James Harden and say, okay, nothing's happening we need somebody to do something, and then he he tries to start forcing things. He's he's not getting the mismatch. He succeeded in a couple of games against Van Vliet. Van Vliet's out. Harden can't fish out that mismatch. Now he's trying to take Precious Achua off the dribble, and this guy's throwing his layup into the third row without even jumping and just smiling at him. Like it is not. And they have to make shots. It's the only way this this Sixers team succeeds. So that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, I'm just going to go out here and say this. First and foremost, one point that, you know, I've been making, um, I don't know what happened from the first couple games. I remember telling Luca this on the preview. The Sixers need to be multidimensional on offense, right? They need everybody clicking. Um, Tobias Harris has been surprising this series, right? He's been knocking down shots, getting a bucket. Uh, Maxi started off on a bang. Harden's been down. Like, my thing is, you have to have multiple options on offense, right? Like the Raptors can dish off the ball, uh, whether it's Siakam or even a guy like uh, Birch or, you know, Scotty Barnes comes in and gives you 15. Like the Sixers need to have multiple options on offense. And and what I've noticed the last couple of games is we're reverting back to James Harden iso ball. And I I don't understand why, because like DJ said, when, when Harden's not playing up to par, like you got to get other guys shots and it's just not working. And, and I'm going to go even farther to say this. Harden needs to defer, ultimately, to Tyrese Maxey. That, that is how the Sixers will win this series. Like, I, that's, you know, Maxey needs to step up. I don't know what the hell happened since game one when, when this kid looked all-worldly, right, and he was getting it done. And, and when Maxey's on, right, Harden is getting other guys involved as well. He's swinging the ball. Tobias is feeling it. And the Raptors in the first game, they didn't have – they didn't know what to do. There were too many guys. And – Nick Nurse is a smart coach. His philosophy is, let me throw two guys at Embiid, two at Harden, and we'll get it done. But the problem was the Sixers had too many scores. However, we got away from Maxi. Now we're reverting to James Harden trying to live out on an island. He can't even beat anybody off the dribble. And we're not running a two-man game. So Harden is, is a negative. So the way, in my opinion, that the Sixers win this series 
you got to feed the rock to Tyrese Maxey and let him go. And Harden's just got to find a way to fit in. Yeah, and we saw in the first couple of games, Maxey was playing outstanding because a lot of the times he was beating Van Vliet off the punch. So I think what kind of disrupted things too is that Van Vliet has been out and the Raptors have kind of transformed into this longer, taller lineup. So, you know, that's caused a little bit of disruption. But I agree, Maxey, like we said it before on, on the show, uh, RB, uh, he was both of our X-Factors. I think you had him as the X-Factor as well for the Sixers. Yep. I know I did. I I said if you guys were going to win the series, Maxi would have to play like a borderline star. And we saw that in the first couple of games. And then from game three and on, it just seems like he's reverted to a guy that, you know, we, we've hardly seen this season. So he definitely needs to step up. I think James Harden has to be more aggressive. And another thing I've noticed, too, is the whole Joel Embiid elephant in the room. Now, obviously, he's playing through that thumb injury. But he looks different to me. I mean, you're talking about a guy that averaged above 27 points per game through the first three games. He looked like the clear best player on the court. Last two games, Siakamso played him. And I said from the Raptors standpoint, if the Raptors wanted to win the series, Van Vliet and Siakam had to step up. Van Vliet's been injured. The Raptors have made up for that. But Siakam's been playing like the best player the last two games as you look at what he's been doing on both sides. So Joel Embiid has to be that monster. And I know he's in pain right now, but we'll see which Joel Embiid we get for game six and possibly even seven, because to me, he doesn't look the same and rightfully so. I mean, he's dealing with that. And um, yeah, that, that that's just been the biggest difference that I've seen in this series through the first three games to the last two games that we just saw. Yeah. To me, I saw, I saw Toronto do two different things twice with Joel Embiid. They started out the series flying at him, double teams and triple teams and, the, the guys on the perimeter were making plays. Tyrese Maxey finishes game one with 38 points. Harden, you know, then has 21 in the second game. Tobias Harris had 24, 26. Guys were making plays and making shots. And then uh, Nick Nurse said, okay, that didn't quite work. Let's uh, lay off a little bit on the double teams and see what happens. And game three happens where Joel goes for 33 and 15 because he was getting a lot of one-on-one matchups then with the, with the different defensive strategy. And then the Sixers started missing shots. So then it, game four, he's like, all right, let's try what we did in the beginning again. Then there's a double and triple teams again, except this time people aren't making plays on the perimeter. And Joel is just, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's really the thumb that, that is, is changing his game because game three, he had that injury um, and, he, and he played through it uh, unless it, it, it gets worse over time or every game that he plays or what. But I just think, man, we've seen over the course of, of his career when, when there's – Guys that can double and triple him, uh, you can really take his game away, especially when you can't make him pay some other way. You know, like if it gets to like when when Ben was at the point guard position in 2019, it was the same concept. We had Jimmy Butler to help try to help that out, but it was like Joel needs guys on the perimeter when you're throwing the kitchen sink at him. And game four and five, that's exactly what happened in my in my opinion. And game five, especially Joel backed off because he I, he just he looked like he got to a point where he was like yo I can't do anything nobody's helping me I can't get down there uh I I, I didn't like what I saw in game five from his body language and and yeah. all of that but I don't know how it turns around um I just I hope it does yeah and I, and I thought in game four he he kind of tried to force and it felt like you know when he said to Drake you know I'm going for the sweep it felt like he was trying to do a little too much and then like you said he backed off um, and I even posted a clip yesterday on my Twitter how uh, in his press conference, he kind of said that like he's having a mental block a little bit because he's trying to catch the ball different, you know, entering the post, just certain things.
things that he's used to doing, you know, he's having a lot of pressure on his thumb. And that's concerning for me because when you start to play different, when you're not, he said he's not playing as freely as he wants to be. Um, Part of that is the Raptors, and I'll give them credit because Nick Nurse is a savant, but, you know, if his thumb's hurting him and he's not doing the normal things, then, you know, like Lucas said, I mean, he has to be great. And I, I mean, we can get into this a little bit later on, but like whether this is the biggest game of his career legacy wise, I mean, there's a lot on the line here, um, but we'll see what happens, man. Let's let's get to a couple of uh, super chats real quick. Robert Dredden with the five dollar super chat says we got to close out Lebronto tomorrow and take their heart out like Kano. And then we have uh, Rican with the two dollar donation says, I think if Embiid gets aggressive, it'll be over in six. Embiid has been on the uh, the top of the perimeter a lot too. I hated guy. it. I hated Very it. Frustrated because you you want to people want to blame the coach right away, and you know me, I don't care one way or the other about Doc Rivers. Um, fire him, keep him. I don't know if he makes a difference one way or the other, really. Uh, but Joel Embiid needs to know himself, even if there's no coach on the sideline. Like you can't be. This ain't gonna work. Yeah, I agree. And and that's you know speaking of that point as well, like just about players knowing and. Um, you know, I got to give the Raptors credit again for coming out hungry because they, at one point, they looked like they were waving the white flag. Like, it was over. They were talking about next year. But for the Sixers, man, and I'm looking at everybody, Joel, James, everybody, 1-15. to 15. This past game, you're, at, you're on your home floor. How the heck do you come out so just tired, or not even tired, but like you, you didn't even look like you had any motivation? This is a 3-1 series. You can close them out on your home floor. You don't have that, like, that energy to step up against this team, which, you know, the Sixers, I mean, they have more of the dominant star talent. You're telling me they couldn't step up and you get blown away on your home floor? I mean, that that just can't happen. That can't happen. Yeah, and um, it looked like the Sixers were the team that were down uh, 3-1 yeah. and they were packing it in like their season was done. I was very surprised with that game five, and – I went going into that game five saying if the Raptors win this game, uh, the Sixers are in trouble. And it's the way the Raptors won that really has everybody now, it seems, in the Raptors' corner thinking that they can actually do this because, you know, they they fully took that crowd out. Your own crowd was booing the Sixers in the first half. They left the, the game early. Sixers played their worst game of the series. Uh, like Renna Back said, nobody was making a damn shot. Embiid did not look himself, even defensively. I mean, Achua was burning him how many times? And Embiid went on to say after the game, he's like, I need to be better uh, defensively. And I thought what he said too about Harden was very good. He's like, you know, I'm not the one to say it. Maybe the coach needs to tell him, but I think James Harden has to take more shots. And that's when Harden has to put it upon himself as a so-called superstar um, to really, you know, put the team on his back, at least lead the offense when you know Joel's going through pain and no one else on your team can hit a shot. So, yeah, the Sixers, it could not have been worse for them in, in that game five. So I guess that's the positive way to look at it for Sixers fans. Like, I don't think you guys play as bad as you did there. I mean, if you do, the series is over. I think it's yeah. safe to say that. Um, but, yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to the Raptors, man. They, they believed. Uh, there was a quote from Nick Nurse that will go down as one of the greatest coach uh, quotes of all time if the Raptors pull this off. He said somebody's got to do it. And he said, when we went down 0-3, I, I told the guys – if anybody's going to do this, it's us. And that just talks about, you know, Nick Nurse and how great of a coach he is. And I think we can all uh, acknowledge that, you know, the motivator that he is, the, uh, his ability to make changes uh, game to game, unlike a Doc Rivers, who we saw 
him doing the same thing and it's not working. And not only that, we saw him in the uh, the presser today. He was being all defensive about his 3-1 leads. Like, I, I understand you want to defend yourself, but it's like your team's about to make history for the wrong reason. You might want to spin it a different way. So the coaching uh, is going to determine these next two. And, and I got faith in Nick Nurse. I, I really do. Can, can we can we just point out one second what you just highlighted? You know, Nick Nurse down 3-0 in a series says, you know, somebody's got to be the first to do it. You get it to 3-1 and then, you know, that's been done before. Meanwhile, we're up, you know, three to nothing. <laughs> we lose two in a row, and now Doc's saying, oh, well, you know, back, you know, go back and look at that magic roster. You know, anybody would have gave me good, you know, gave me credit for being a good coach. And by the credit way, the for Pistons blowing a 3 1 lead. Yeah. And the Pistons didn't even win the chip that year, by the way. So that was actually wrong what he said. Um, but man, I, just, just the difference there. Just like, why? Why? And they, and they and they had it wasn't I don't think it was a dominant roster that's why they were an eight seed but they had Tracy McGrady entering his prime and he and he, he averaged forty points in game one and two of that series like he Tracy McGrady was superstar level uh, yeah. you you could have finished that series Doc so knock it off you won you won three games you couldn't win one more <laughs> and, and then he tried to talk about home court advantage which just really got me um but yeah I agree with what you said I, I want to ask you though Luca um how do you feel about the Fred Van Vliet thing because it's interesting right. I've been hearing Raptors fans talk about this. You know, you got an all-star, right? I mean, he's had a hell of a year. But some people, and he's listed as doubtful for game six, so I don't think he's going to play. But, like, is it weird to think, like, you might actually not want him to play because that gives you a better edge on defense, as we've seen? Like, what what is your take on that? Uh my take is this. I mean, if the Raptors still are able to pull this off with Ovan Vliet, that just makes this loss worse for you guys, number one, because he is our all-star. Um, number two, that noise that's coming out that the Raptors are better without Fred Van Vliet, I'm not buying into it. I think it's nonsense. I mean, I just think matchup-wise, the Raptors are playing a lot better without him because of their size and because of his lack of size. And also, he's been shooting up bricks, which has really hurt the Raptors momentum and Fred has that tendency where he could be stubborn a little bit in his approach when he knows when he knows that his shot's not falling we've seen him that he'll continue to shoot it instead of looking to defer to other teammates so those are two components that the Raptors won't have to deal with if he's not out there but as an overall I mean he's been great for the Raptors I have I I, I can't bash him I mean he's an all-star for a reason I got to give him his flowers but in terms of this particular matchup and what I said earlier about you know, even Maxi, um, who was cooking him up, who's not going to have him as a defender. Yeah, it's uh, put it this way. The Raptors aren't going to be hurting without Fred Van Vliet for the next two games if it gets to that point. So, uh, yeah, he's doubtful. He's probably not going to play. I don't think he's going to rush back knowing that the Raptors have done this. Um, but, yeah, it's like when he went down that second half into game five, completely different Raptors team. So they might have used that as motivation mixed with what I just said. But it's it's crazy. It really is. And I'll take it back even further a step here. The Raptors have now beaten the 76ers as a whole this season, including the regular season, three times with old Van Vliet. Three and a half times. So, like, it, yeah. it, it's crazy. Yeah, I think from my perspective, uh, the Raptors are – they're better without Van Vliet shooting three for 13, I, I, like you just alluded to, and two for 10 from three uh in game three just uh, what i pulled up right here i knew he was shooting bricks in that game so yeah defensively he's a liability against uh certain players on the sixers um 
But if he's making shots and scoring on the other end, then it's not, you know, uh, uh, it's not a negative for the Toronto Raptors. But if he's shooting three for 13 and giving up stuff on the other end, then, yeah, they're better without him. So um, if he if he plays and shoots well, yeah, I think that's obviously a, a benefit for Toronto. But if he's playing and he's not shooting well, I don't think it is. Um, I think the key for the Sixers is Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris uh, because – Nick Nurse is just going to keep throwing the kitchen sink at Joel Embiid. He's going to keep throwing doubles and triples. He's going to keep switching everything. Um, and we need guys on the perimeter to create things and hit shots. And I, I, I'm over. I'm over expecting James Harden to do it. I really am. We, our success in Game One was mostly James passing the ball to Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. So I yeah. need those. I need those guys to make shots and score points uh, for this to work because. When it when it comes down to okay, James, we need you to do something. I don't know. You know, the thing came out with the trainer saying that he didn't get to train this off season because he was rehabbing the thing, and he'll look different next year with a whole season of a whole off season of training. Uh, so whatever that has to do with, you know, looking as slow as he does, it is what it is. But when he's forced to try to make something happen, especially against this just defensive powerhouse really rotations athleticism and size james can't get it done one-on-one against these guys so no. i need maxi and tobias to save the day for me that's what i need absolutely and another thing i wanted to bring up is in addition to that is our bench i mean my god what is going on you know my guy george niang he i don't think this is a good matchup for george man i don't think he's quick enough to stay with some of these raptors guys by the way can, yeah. can we get a precious achua on our bench please i mean that, that's be nice man the he outscored your entire bench last game. He had 17. Sixers had how many points? I think seven or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Precious Achua actually had our only bench points in the first half. He <laughs> tipped in a Thibel shot. <laughs> and, and that was Thibel's like, only make. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. We'll talk about Thibel, man. But, yo, Niang, not a good matchup. Shake Milton is one of the most frustrating players I've ever seen in a Sixers uniform because <laughs> when he wants to be aggressive, he can give you 10 off the bench. But sometimes it's like, is Shake even out there to play or is he just out there to stand around? You know, and then Matisse Thibel, man. I love Matisse. Matisse is my guy, but come on, man. He's got the yips. He, I don't think he can play the rest of the series. And I think nah, if he can. does, you got to give him the Furcon treatment. And, and what I mean by that is if he's off after the first couple minutes of the game, you got to get him out. You got to get him out because he's not even defending at an elite level anymore. No. Like, he, he's just not it. He's not it. And that leads me to believe who's going to step up off the bench. I know the Raptors have some cats that are going to come in hungry for minutes. Who's going to step up for the Sixers? We need at least a 10 to 14 bench point game, in my opinion, to win one of the next two. And I don't know if we're going to do it. Well, Niang's got to shoot more, man. The guy couldn't miss a damn three, it seemed, in the first couple of games. Like, he was just an automatic bucket. But other than that, you're right. Like, the bench did much of nothing and i saw a funny uh tweet today i think it was from a raptors fan of course they're like uh niang not playing or sorry a thigh will not playing in game six actually benefits the sixers right because <laughs> uh you know he was so awful offensively and you're right rb even defensively you didn't really see much of an impact that he made on the game so yeah bench production is going to be huge and uh you know what you and those boys are, are gaining confidence that you have said right after the game on the canadian broadcast is like Everybody in Canada, Jurassic Park, you guys better be rocking because we're about to put on a show. So uh, they're feeling confident right now. And I think confidence has to be talked about here. One side, you got a team that's believing that they could be the first. And the other side just looks like a team that you don't know what you're going to expect at this point. So, uh, 
yeah, game six, Sixers got to step up, man. They, 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 they well, you guys and everybody will see what this team is truly all about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I said the Sixers are, are better off without Matisse in game one, like before the series even happened, because the, the last regular season game, I remember it perfectly still plays in my head. I, I thought it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. The first two possessions of the game, Matisse Thibel was more wide open than any NBA player I've ever seen because this is a smart defense. They're not going to let him cut back door. They're not going to let him do the things that he's strong at. They're going to stand back 15 feet and give him the Ben Simmons treatment. And uh, players passing him the ball when he's that wide open is what really starts to make me mad because stop giving him the ball. I mean, Doc, get him off the court. But if Doc's not going to get him off the court – Giving him the ball doesn't help anybody. And there was a play where he airballed a three or something. I don't remember. And Maxi Mouth, you could see him say it. He's like, he was wide open. Like P The fans were booing because they kept seeing Matisse Thibel catch the basketball. And they were like, no! And we were like, stop giving him the damn ball. And Maxi's like, he's wide open. We know that. But he can't do anything. He can't play basketball. He's literally a defensive end. I swear to God. He's a, he's a football player. There's no basketball skills happening with Matisse Thibel. He's had enough... Enough time, you know, uh, college, NBA training. He's had enough time. I don't see a single basketball skill happening with Matisse Thibault, and that's sad because he's an incredible athlete. But yeah, he can he can have a role on an NBA team, but he can't be somebody that you expect to do something with the ball in his hands ever. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I think Sixers fans are on their last limb there, especially with what happened last year in the playoffs, you know, so – it's. I mean, we don't want that anymore. And then he came in an airball to layup and then got booed. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, man. Floor, wow. so. I couldn't believe it. I was screaming. He airballed a layup. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe Doc brought him back in in the second half. Like that. That was one of those decisions where it's like you just know not to do that. And he might have to dive deep into this bench, man. Yeah, that's yeah. where I felt he was stubborn. Like an example of that. It's like, oh, I gotta give Thibel his rotation minutes. You know, I'll throw yeah. him out there. It's like he's having a terrible game. What are you doing, Doc? It's helping the Raptors, so by all means. But it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's and, and, and Matisse, Matisse gets so much praise for his defense, but it's it's just his you know jumping passing lanes and getting deflections and steals and blocks and things. It's not really when you watch it good on ball defense at all. He, he, he just, you know, cheats and gets caught a lot of times with fouls and jumping over people and stuff. Like when I think of a great perimeter defender, I hate to say this, Ben Simmons was one of the best that I've ever watched. Like just bald man to man sticking on the hip. Like that Matisse doesn't do that. He just doesn't. So it's like no offense. And then, you know, his defense is all gambles. And if he's not succeeding on the gamble, he's not yeah. doing much for you. I think it's catching up to him. I really do. Um, shout out to Andy with the $10 donation. Uh, he says, James Harden needs no, uh, fat needs to get the youth back into his legs. Well, that's the thing, you know, we, we don't know like whether he still has that or not. <laughs> he said that in, in the live stream last night. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this dude said no fat. You guys know what that is? RBN. <laughs> Run it back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think RB knows. Or do you know? I don't, don't want to with- know. Yeah, it's yeah. They're saying you know keep your uh, testosterone for the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, even retention. Hey, listen, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> My thing with Harden, I don't think it's I don't think it's that necessarily. I think it's him. That's funny. You know, hanging out, hanging out at night, eating chicken wings, and you know, drinking liquor. That's really he might I be think. going to some strip joints as we speak right now. Never mind. He's in Toronto. Uh, there's some spots downtown. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to encourage him, but uh, you know, Harden will never bypass that if he has the opportunity i don't see harden changing his lifestyle right now at this point in his career to try to make anybody happy um he's just going to try to keep 
getting in better shape and playing better basketball. But Sixers fans don't like to hear it. But, you know, this dude, there was rumors that uh, the Houston Rockets flight schedule was literally scheduled around uh, <laughs> James Harden's nightclub schedule in certain cities, what nightclubs he wanted to attend when the plane would leave and land, literally. Wow. Uh, yeah, and it's no shock that you see, you know, pictures with him all the time and some of his best friends are famous rappers and whatever. Like, it's the yeah. life that he lives. Uh, it's what comes along with paying people $200 million and you got to deal with it. And, you know, I don't know how motivated he is anymore at 33 years old and declining. Like there has to be a reason for you to, to stay in tip top shape. LeBron James type of players just have this like psychotic level of drive and some guys get $200 million and they're like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. So I, I have to disagree with that though, because I still feel that. Harden is battling a hamstring injury and obviously it doesn't matter at this point, but like you just can't tell me that after what this dude looked like last year before his injury, you know, with Brooklyn, especially like in that playoff series, like you just can't tell me that he is just falling off the earth like this at age 33. Now, if he was 37, maybe I could believe that. I just don't believe it. I do think he needs an off season of like rest and stuff. I'm worried that we might end up paying him a, a huge contract and, who knows what will happen at that point, but he hasn't been the version that we need, and he's not going to get that in this playoffs. But what he can do is try to get others involved, be an efficient point guard, and knock down some shots, hopefully. But we're going to need it. We're going to need it bad. I hope that you're right. I hope he is battling an injury because, obviously, that would give me hope towards next season and giving him a whole offseason of training and rehab and things like that. Um, you know, do your thing, take your vacations, hang out with your celebrities, but, you know, Get eight hours of sleep, man. Drink some water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, do you really think that he just, like, all the talent that we used to see with James Harden just fell off the earth? I, I can't believe that. I don't I don't yeah. think that's true. I oh, saw I something crazy today. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was on first take. Uh, Stephen A. was actually suggesting oh, that uh, Harden could be throwing the series because he wants Daco. That's just, like, a crazy yeah, a, narrative because he wants this guy in D'Antoni, potentially. Do you guys, are you guys buying that at all? Well, that that's first take for you. That's why we're going to lose a playoff series intentionally so we can get Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Gotcha. No, and and uh, Philly is the, not the place that you want to do that anyway. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a player who just got here get booed in game three of a playoff series in the second quarter. Like, they just start to sense, like, okay, this isn't what we signed up for. Boo. Like, they, it's just Philly. And so yeah. you don't want to be – on the other end of that and you don't want it to keep getting worse because Philly fans, they don't care if you're Michael Jordan in his prime. If you fall off, they hate you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's read uh, some more of these super chats, by the way, 570 people in the chat guys hit that thumbs up wherever you're watching. We're live on Philly take with RB run it back. Philly also subscribe to Luca Rosano. I'm having, I'm having a good time doing this. Hopefully this is the last game of the series, man. So we don't have to do this again. Um, Connor with the $2 donation, he says, if we lose game seven, do we go nuclear and restart? <laughs> Man, I, I don't even want to answer that yet. You restart Ooh. a lot. You don't get rid of Embiid if that's what you're asking. Some but people you... are suggesting that we should blow everything up. But I, I... – Not Embiid. You, yeah. yeah, Embiid's not going anywhere. You keep him. Yeah. I think that's just there. a player that you keep trying until it's – until you've yeah, – I mean, if you, if you fail the whole time, if he gets to a point where he asks for a trade, that's different. But as long as he wants to be here, you keep trying. That's a yeah. legendary player. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Jason with the $10 donation says the pendulum may have turned. There's too much hate on the Sixers and Doc. I think that they will play like heck to avoid being embarrassed. That is a point that I was going to bring up when we get to our predictions. And I'm going to read the other Super Chats first, but that's a very good point by Jason. And I believe he's a Raptors fan. Yeah, um, Canadian. Yeah, but but the that is, that's something I've been thinking about, right? Because the first couple games of the series, right, you know, all the all the spotlight was on the Raptors. Oh, they can complete the upset, this, this, and that, right? The Sixers just came out with that underdog mentality kind of and just yeah. you know, rolled right through those three games. Now the spotlight's kind of shifting back to the Raptors, like, oh, they got it. Here's the momentum. And and in a way, as weird as it, weird as it may sound, that's actually making me a little bit more confident about tomorrow night because now it's like, oh, the Raptors have all the momentum. They have everything. They're They're playing at the top of their game. You know, they could come out and lay an egg now. And the Sixers could come out and and just fight through it and get it done. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy you say that because going into the series, I think I brought that point up on the last show that we did, how, like, everybody – or not everybody, but most people were picking the Raptors to win the series. Like, analysts I'm talking, people in the media. And now it's like, you know, then it went the other way where it looked like the Sixers had in the bag. And then, yeah, like, now it looks like – everybody is picking the Raptors to actually complete history. So uh, that's why I'm not, I'm not going to be overly confident. Like I'm not going to talk trash. Like there's still work to be done. Jobs not finished to quote, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant. Um, Yeah. Like this is still a series. Like you, the Raptors still have to win two more games. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, like it's, it's nowhere near being done. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Jerry, shout out to you for the $5 donation. And we have pain causing Samurai with the $5 donation. Says Luke and DJ should make a wager if this goes to game seven. If your team loses, you have to enthusiastically support the other team for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> Ugh, that's hard, man. Oh, that's, wow. I'll, I'll stay with my bet with Luca. We got yeah, our bet. No, I'm good, man. If By I the wanna, way, I had to if think. I wanna, if I want to start, you know, making videos that get 12 views, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Those Raptors fans are heavy. They're heavy, man. Dude, you, yeah, you could uh, you could thrive off that Raptors fan base, but yeah, I don't know if I could. Uh, I don't know if I could do that straight up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with our bet. By the way, I I got the Ben jersey, you know, rolled up, two day shipping, ready to ready to go. <laughs> and I had to hold it off. I had to hold it off, man. I'm, I was all I was cocky. I was ready to send you that thing, man. Have it all over your Raptors videos, but they're still for sale. Oh you no, I have I have seven ninety nine. Oh. I have them saved. I don't want them anymore. I was going. I got your Kawhi one ready. Oh man, I think it's bad juju, man. I think it's bad energy to keep Ben Simmons merchandise in in the house. Yeah, maybe that's what you guys are losing. Yeah, honestly, there we go. That's why we're choking the lead. Joel with the two dollar donation. He says, "I told y'all Harden was washed. It is what is." Well, congratulations. Uh, Let's try to win the series, though, man. Um, (laughs) Again, I you can call him washed. I don't. I wouldn't say wash is the right term. I just don't think he's himself at all, and I just think it, like this is not the Harden we expected. Um, yeah, but, I think that's fair. You know, I think he re-aggravated it, and nobody told us anything because the first three or four games that he played with the Sixers were amazing. I mean, that he was beating people off the dribble. He was dropping twenty nine. Yes. He dropped a twenty nine point triple double. He was just. The game looked so, and there was against bad teams, so you know that might have something to do with it. It was like the Pistons twice and uh, somebody else. So Raptors but, defense obviously is a little bit different. Go ahead. But that came after he rested for at least two to two and a half weeks, and that was the same thing I said going up to this playoff series. He had yep. a week off, 
he looked decent in the first couple games. Like he was getting guys open. And as we play more games and he has less rest, he just looks older and older. And, and one more thing I want to say about Harden is, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there was a stack going around, right? They said he's like 0 for 10 on floaters. What the heck has happened to his touch? Because sometimes yeah. he can maneuver around a defender, especially if Embiid comes and sets a screen, right? But like, what the hell happened to his touch? He has none of it. I don't get it. Even when he has a layup at the basket, he can't finish. I just don't understand it. It's crazy. Somebody posted a compilation on Twitter today of, of uh, him when he just when he first joined the team. And yeah, he he had tough finishes on double teams. He was just yeah, he was doing all kinds of things, man. And it's like yeah, I don't know. And, and that's effortlessly put up like 40 and 50, like in his Houston Rocket days. Oh, yeah. Like, what the hell happened to that guy? Right. Like, that was the guy that were like, it needs to be more passive, get his teammates involved. I think the Sixers need that old Houston Rockets James Harden right now. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that that's where Doc kind of comes into play. Like, not only can we run a Harden and B pick and roll, we have multiple combinations. And I remember saying this before, like Maxi and Bede, Maxi Tobias even to bias and be like, you have different combinations. This is why I, you know, last game we didn't score in the second quarter till half of it was gone. And every possession was James Harden at the top of the arc, holding the ball for 15 seconds. You can't have that. You just can't, that can't be your offense. It's not going to work. I really don't think doc talks to the team during like after halftime, for some reason, it just seems like he sits there and watches. I'm serious. And then he'll comment on it after the game and he'll be like, yeah, you know, I don't think we ran any action in the fourth quarter. We didn't have any energy. We weren't moving the ball. There wasn't anything happening. I'm like, are you a fan in the third row? Or are you the coach? I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes no sense. JB with the $7 donation says great podcast guys. North Philly loves you. Does your co-host have his jersey ready? Sixers will send the Raptors to Cancun tomorrow. I love it, man. Going to join those Nets over in Cancun. Um, I, would, I would love for them to. I would love for them to end it tomorrow in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. And Ethan with the two dollar donation, appreciate it. All right, guys, six hundred ten in the chat. The the moment of truth. Um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Luca, man, because I know he's confident. I know he's feeling good. <laughs> tomorrow night, seven p.m. The Raptors look to push it to a game seven. You'll you'll be around the stadium. Um, you know, what 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 do you think is the turnout of this game? I know it's gonna be a crazy atmosphere. Do the Raptors end up getting it done and and being one step closer to making history? I think we see a, a different Sixers team. Uh, I think the game will be a lot closer. It'll resemble game three, in my opinion, but I do have the Raptors pulling it out. I, I really uh, think, you know, they're going to be much better with their late game execution and that energy, that confidence that we've been talking about for the last hour. I, I really think that's going to be on full display. You're going to have a Raptors team that has nothing to lose. I mean, Nick Nurse literally said it. We have nothing to lose. And you got a Sixers team that you just you feel the tension and it starts with the head coach. So that's never a good look. So I do think the Raptors pull it out. That crowd is going to be unreal outside. The building is going to be crazy where I'm at. So, uh, yeah, Raptors are going to get the W. I think Siakam's going to have another nice game. Uh, the bench is going to be the X factor against for the Raptors. I think a is going to step up Boucher and uh, we will have a game seven Saturday, whether it's in the afternoon or night. That's going to be the game seven <laughs> with history on the line. And and what will happen in that game? You know, I gotta ask you, man, because yeah, we might not do a well. We'll do another one of these on Friday. <laughs> oh yeah, um, right. 
I got to go Raps in seven, man. Like, I mm. listen, we're, we're, we're this close to history. I, I got to be all in on it, man. I'm, I, I said game five would make me a believer. And the way they won that game really convinced me that something truly could be happening. And like I said before, if there's a cast and crew that would perfectly fit the description of the first team ever to blow this lead, uh, you know, I hate to say if you're a Sixers fan in here, but it is a Sixers team. You got the coach with the track record. Um, you got, you know, James Harden, who doesn't show up in playoff games. That's kind of his label of late. And Embiid's not 100%. And that really um, looks concerning if you're a Sixers fan. You know, the fact that the team looked the way that they did in a game five where, like you said, RB, it looked like the Sixers were about to get eliminated, not the Raptors. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with history here. All right, DJ. What's your take, man? Raps in seven, Sixers in seven, Sixers in six, closing it out tomorrow night. What do you think? My take is Raptors. Uh, my take is Sixers in seven. Um, I think tomorrow's, like like Luca just said, is going to be similar to game three uh, where I don't know if both teams shoot well or both teams shoot poorly, but um, it's going to come down to the wire. And uh, I just don't see us having the energy – um, up there with the, with the away crowd. And like I said, Matt, I need, I need Maxi to give me something and Maxi being as young as he is, I really noticed his energy switch. Once we went to Toronto, he doesn't have that home crowd behind him. Um, and, and confidence and, and morale and everything is so important for a young player. And they just lifted him to a different level. Um, once his confidence went away, he's been very passive and just, I see a lot of one-on-ones where he just steps back and looks to get rid of the ball. And I'm like, I, I need him to be back on his, his uh, confidence swag that he had where, I mean, he just looked like a veteran, like playoff performer in the beginning of the series. So I think it comes back to Philly for game seven, but I think the Sixers pull it out because, um, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if the Sixers pull it out in game six. I, I It's going to be tough, but I think with their backs completely against the wall, I think they have, they have now seen reality. Like they went up 3-0, they messed around for two games. They thought it was over. It's not over. And now they're like, oh, snap. We, we might actually lose this series. We better get our stuff together. So I think reality has smacked them in the face. And I think you're going to see Joel Embiid, whether it's game six or game seven, under the rim a lot, um, being physical, forcing his will, and most of all, drawing fouls, which he hasn't done since, I feel like, game two. Um, and that's how this series is going to end. And we are going to get a classic, classic Nick Nurse calling out the officials after game <laughs> seven when Joel Embiid shoots 22 free throws because he's going to force his will down low and force them to foul him. Um, and, you know, for those that don't know, free throws come when somebody fouls you. So that's where that's how it's going to end in game seven for me. But game six is up in the air for me. I mean, it's just it's that's going to be tough. I hope they do it, but I'm not scared that they're going to lose this series entirely. I, I think they, they would win a game seven in Philly. I like it. I like it. All right. So as Luca knows, I, I picked the Sixers in seven to win this series. I am amending that. I think the Sixers actually get it done tomorrow night. Hear me out. As I mentioned before, as I alluded to, the Raptors now have the spotlight. Every time a team has gotten the spotlight in this series, they don't come up big, right? The Raptors had the spotlight to begin. The Sixers won three straight. Then it goes back to the Sixers. Oh, my gosh, we're going to sweep. The Raptors come out of nowhere. And I, I honestly don't think the Sixers know what hit them in the last two games. I think they lost the first one messing around. And I think the last one was like, 
holy crap, like we just got lost by 15 on our home floor. And I think now everybody's like pressure, pressure. Now the Raptors are confident. I think the Sixers are actually going to go into Toronto somehow, some way. I think it's going to be one of those like nasty, gritty games, but somehow we're going to pull it out. And I think the Raptors are not going to have a good shooting night. And I don't know if the Sixers are, but I think Embiid has to step it up because as I told you guys before this series, especially you, Luca, this is a different Joel, man. And I know he's battling the thumb, but you know what? He's going to find a way to bring it out of him. Somehow, some way, Joel has to, he can't have a 19 point game tomorrow. I think he's going to have a 30 plus point game. I think he's going to pull it out. Of course, Maxi needs to step up, which I do think will happen. I don't know if Harden will, but I know Maxi will. And I think Tobias will as well. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last couple of minutes, but I think somehow, some way, Embiid is actually going to pull this out in Toronto. But if it does go to game seven, I still got Embiid with a heroic performance to cap it off. The Sixers have to have a good shooting night. Um, the the whole series, the only games that they won in this series, the games that they won convincingly, they had a, a great shooting night. They shot 50% from three in game one and 44 in game two. Uh, Toronto hasn't, I, I feel like, hasn't shot the ball well in any of these games. And I feel like when we shoot poorly and and then then like we don't have that advantage in making three-point shots, then the Raptors beat us with the athleticism and the physicality and things like that. So uh, that's how I started this stream. That's how I'll end it. The Sixers have to shoot well from three because uh, Toronto can beat us in other areas. And yeah. and they have to defend as well. Like Lucas said earlier, Joel, I'll be the first one to say it. He was abysmal defensively last game. The pick and roll. How many Raptors flew to the rim by us and threw down an alley-oop? Like, that can't happen. No. I just think it was one of those games where Embiid just looks gassed, and I hope tomorrow is one of those games where he comes back rejuvenated and ready to go, man, because he can't play like that again. Yeah, I didn't like the two days off, actually. I, I wish this game was tonight. I think the two yeah. days off benefits you guys because the Raptors are hungry. They want to be playing these games mm -hmm. ASAP, whereas you guys kind of need to like that step back to kind of like re-evaluate uh, everything. Like, yeah, we just got our ass kicked. You know, Embiid's going to have that extra rest, Harden, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the, the rest is definitely going to benefit you guys a bit. But Jurassic Park, Canada, Toronto, it's going to be ready, man. I think we're in for a Game 7, the first two series ever between these two teams in the playoffs. Both went to a Game 7. Carter missing that Game 7, Sixers win with AI. Kawhi making the Game 7 shot, Raptors win. And this is the uh, the third installment, the rubber series, if you will. Who's going to win it, man? It's going to be crazy. Like, great TV, though. Like, ratings yeah. standpoint, like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Insane. I mean, I mean, the Sixers got embarrassed last year in a game five and a game seven. They've been embarrassed in a game five. That, you can't tell me they get embarrassed again in a game seven. It, it just can't happen, man. It can't happen. And, and, oh, this is one more point I wanted to make. First of all, let me hit the super chat from Ethan. The $5 donation says, I'm not sure if I can ever cheer for the Sixers again if they become the only team to blow a 3-0 lead. I don't want to have that on this on this franchise's name. I really don't, um, and I don't blame you. But here's the point I wanted to make, man. Joel Embiid's part of his legacy is on the line. I can't believe I'm saying it, but if Joel goes down and, and loses a 3-0 lead, at this point, I don't care about the thumb injury, all right? You find a way to yeah. get one of these games done. And I've never said stuff like this about Embiid, but you you lose a 3-0 lead to this Raptors team, no offense, but you lose this series, Joel, we're going to start looking at you, man, because, I, I mean, you can't lose this. You can't lose this series, Joe. So that, that's just how I feel about it personally. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, 
it's not stupid to say his legacy is on the line, especially when he was trash talking Drake, saying we're going to sweep you guys, and he was waving uh, to the crowd or, or clapping his hands sarcastically to the crowd of Toronto. Like, yeah, th yeah, there's so much on the line here. We're not talking about choking three one oh two. This is history, something that's never been done. Like, this would go down as one of the biggest things ever in NBA history, and you guys definitely don't want to be on the wrong side of that. So Embiid's got to show up and he's got to play like that MVP and that super chat. I actually wanted to ask you guys this. I, I don't know if you want to think like this, but you know, it might happen, but if the Sixers do lose and become that first team ever, how are you guys going to react? Like, what do you even do in that situation? First of all, I think the internet's going to literally crash. Like Twitter might crash. I've never <laughs> seen that happen before. I think it might actually crash, but I know for the Raptors, like we might have a championship celebration before round two to celebrate this. So how are you guys reacting to it if it happens? I'll tell you, I'm going to make a lot of money on t-shirt sales because I'm going to make a fire Doc Rivers t-shirt uh, and sell a bunch of them before they fire him. Uh, but, you know, um, there's a lot. We I don't think we ever thought this team this season had what enough to get all the way to, to win a championship because after the hard, with the Ben Simmons stuff and then after the Harden trade, giving up, you know, important pieces off of our bench and, uh, like, I just don't think we ever thought this team was going to win a championship in the first place. Like, I don't, you know, if they get past this first round, um, they're going to have a tough time with Miami. And I don't know what ends up happening if they get through that somehow. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be too, like, I'd be like, what the hell? Are you serious? But at the end of the day, I don't have any faith in Doc Rivers in the first place. I, I, I've been over him for a while now. Ever Actually, I've been over him ever since the first time he defended Ben Simmons because we hired him to come in here to do the opposite of that. So, you know, I, I would I would just laugh, and I would know that Doc's going to get fired, and the way that he's defending his record of playoff losses or playoff blown leads right now is already funny to me. He has so many similarities personality-wise to Ben Simmons, it really just makes me laugh. They're just like narcissistic, like like self-righteous people that deflect everything. Nothing's ever their fault. Uh, oh, I blew this, I blew that. Well, go look at that roster or how many assists did I have? You know what I mean? It's ridiculous, man. So it wouldn't shock me that much. It would shock me for sure, but I wouldn't be that pissed off about it. I, I, would, I would laugh. It would be hilarious to me. It really would because it's unbelievable for somebody – to consistently blow things the way that Doc Rivers does pause. Um, and it's just, it is what it is. And the Sixers need a lot of changes in the offseason anyway. So that would, uh, that would, that would get the ball rolling, honestly. You know, I, I don't know what happened to DJ Eastwood, man, but, you know, <laughs> Yo, we broke this, man. I, I don't we know. I don't, I've never man. seen the man this is so laid back when it comes to this. Let me tell you something, man. I, I'm on the complete opposite side. If the Sixers, first off, we're winning this damn series. There's no way. We're losing. We're 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 gonna put that as a mark on our franchise. But if we do, I am going to have a rant like no other rant. And then I'm going to take a damn vacation. I'm telling you, I'm leaving for a couple weeks because I <laughs> I can't deal with it. I remember last year after Game Seven, I lost my mind. Actually, after Game Five is when I lost my mind. Game Seven just sank me, you know. And then the next day, there was already reports talking about oh, uh, Ben Simmons is trying to get his jump shot right, and they're in the gym, all this. Let me tell you something, man. If we lose this series, I am I'm taking a vacation. I just can't deal with it anymore. I, you can't lose this series. You cannot lose this series if you're. I will call everybody out on this roster from head to toe because this will be inexcusable if it happens. But let's hope it doesn't get there. I don't think it will. Um, 
Joel is too great, man. I'm sorry. He, he's going to get it done somehow. He has to. He has to. Yeah, that, that, I'd be curious to see how that all happens if it happens that way. Because I know from like the Raptors perspective, it's like there really is nothing to lose. It's like we either complete history and make you guys look like absolute fools or we can say, you know, at least we fought back and made this a series. So that's where we're at right now. All the pressure is truly on Philly. So, And, 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 they, and they, you guys will never let this live down. You know, no. we'll never ever, no. and that that'll be the worst part. We'll we'll be six years down the line. Oh, remember when the Sixers <laughs> blew a three zero lead? That's what'll be the Dude, worst. You're part seeing it me. now already online. Like, how many memes have you guys stumbled across, or how many know. you know commenters have you said that like it's over? Like, you know, the Raptors have won this. So like, that's where the overconfidence comes in. But you already see it now. I can only imagine yeah. if they actually do choke, what would happen? And you're right. Never would you live that down. Never. Never. And we've had to go through this all season because of last year with Atlanta. So this will be 10 times worse. And man, I, I just can't deal with it. Yeah. I think, I think what, what happened to me, you, you know, you said, well, I don't know what happened to Eastwood. I think I just, it, this team just year no. in and this team year in and year out, uh, just cuts my expectations in half and it's sad, but we're going through Joel Embiid's whole career, just failing one year after the next with the things that we try. So um, when I have expectations and, and, and something, you know, they don't live up to it. I'm, you know, I do my rants and get red in the face and all that, but it's, it's just getting to the point where I don't expect them to go very far in these, in these playoffs in the first place, at least this season. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just, I'm sorry, everybody that subscribed to the channel that loves the rants. I don't know if there would definitely be a doc rivers rant. There would definitely be a doc rivers rant, but it like inside it just wouldn't shock me that much i can't stand the guy he's just a, he's a total loser to me when you hear him talk it, it, i so it is what it is yeah i respect it man shout out to taz with the five dollar donation says i'm with rb on this one if the sixers lose this series i'm a charlotte hornets fan just <laughs> the south carolina <laughs> why a hornets fan at least like bandwagon a good to you yeah it's pretty <laughs> Oh man, lot 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 of riding on this on this game tomorrow, the game after that, if there is one. Um, shout out to you guys for coming on, man, and and talking again. This was a lot of fun. Six hundred fifty up in here, man. Give us your thoughts, predictions in the chat. Um, be sure to like the stream wherever you're watching. Subscribe to all three of the channels, man. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll do this again. Maybe not. Maybe Luke will go into hiding. Maybe I'll go into hiding. Who knows? Man? <laughs> who knows? But the Sixers need to get it done tomorrow. Like Lucas said, the Raps, they have they have no pressure on them. It is time for for us to for once, like Doc Rivers said at the end of his press conference today, you win and you don't have to talk about it, right? Yeah. So I really hope that we can find a way to get this done. Richie with the five dollar super chat says a day before the game six. What do you think the Sixers players are thinking? What is their confidence level? Fear to fail? Who knows, man? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're. I, I think they just got to get locked in. Like they, they know the situation, they know the magnitude, but at the end of the day, you got to be confident in yourself, man. Like you, you gotta, you know how bad last game looked, which is why I think they'll get better this game. I think to like to what Joel said about James in a press conference, I, I don't like it because I just don't want the national media to have the ammo to talk about Philly again and then just have this whole negative spin on, oh, my God, is there turmoil? Or are they, do they hate each other? And they're going to start this whole thing. I wish he would have just walked in the locker room and said it instead. Uh, but, you know, I made a video about that, and, and towards the end I said, with all of that said, I agree completely with what he's saying. Uh, so hopefully that 
you know, hopefully James takes constructive criticism a lot better than the guy that was here before him. And he can say, yeah, he's right. I can't, I can't let Joel be down here getting triple teamed and be shooting the ball 11 times. I'm James Harden. So I hope there's a fire lit underneath of everybody. Um, you know, and I don't think, I don't think doc has what it takes to light that fire. But I do think like Sam Cassell and some of the other guys, especially with Tyrese Maxey, uh, and, and Tobias Harris, to get those guys like, like someone's got to get in Tyrese Maxey's head to me, you know, you're the man, bro. We need, we need 20 shot attempts from somebody and we, we need it to be from you. If they're leaving you open, if they're leaving you one-on-one, -on -one, you can beat anybody off the dribble pretty much in the entire NBA. And, you know, I, I'll put one or two or maybe three of the top perimeter defenders up there, but he's so lightning quick. I just, I want to see him be aggressive from start to finish in game six and, uh, you know, I hope, I hope the team comes out with some fire because game five, they just looked like, I don't know what they expected. They expected the fans to win the game for them or something. Cause they weren't trying. Yeah, I agree. And, and Taz with the $5 super chest is picking Charlotte. Cause I'll never be disappointed. Never be on the roller coaster ever again. <laughs> yeah. It, and you know what? I want to mention one real uh, quick thing. Uh, running back setable, good starts, which I think is the key for you guys. I, I saw a stat. Uh, I think the Raptors or the Sixers have only held a lead for like, like under 10 minutes over the last like three games or like, no, like it was something outrageous. Like the Sixers hadn't even held the lead for more than, yeah, like a few minutes over the last three games. It's been completely uh, dominated uh, by the Raptors in terms of just holding on to that lead until the end. So like, I think that like a good start is imperative for you guys. Yeah. I agree. But then again, some Sixers fans will rebuttal that by saying we don't want to have too big of a lead. You know oh, why? Yeah, you get so away, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I agree. I think we got to get out to a good start. I know the Raps are going to come out hungry. We need to do the same. Um, appreciate you guys coming on and talking, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun chopping it up. I always like collabing with Luca. He, he brings good insight from the other side as well. Um, I learned more about the Raps just by listening to him talk. Um, and DJ's the man. So thank you guys. Uh, you know, for doing this, man. It was a lot of fun. No, appreciate it, RB. Thanks for hosting this. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun doing this. We'll see what happens with the aftermath of uh, who wins the series. Oh, man. It's going to be yeah, always, man. You know me, man. Anytime, anytime I'm free, man. When we collab, you know what I mean? The, the subscribers love it. And obviously, uh, Luca having, having a, uh, a representative in front of the other team is always cool. So yeah, it was fun, man. Thanks for having me up here. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys are on our channels, not subscribed to Luca, definitely do so. The best cover in the Raptors out there. Couple final super chats. Richie says lose the series and Josh Harris must sell the team. That'd be a that'd be a dream come true, but it won't happen, unfortunately. And and here money with the two dollar donation says, I just hope the Sixers can win. Sixers nation. They have to. They have to get it done, man. Anyway, shout out to everybody out there watching again. Hit that like button, subscribe. So, uh, to all the channels, we'll all be covering the, the series in some way, as you know. And uh, with that being said, go Sixers, man. <laughs> go Raps. Go so Sixers, good. man. You guys have a great one. Uh, catch y'all tomorrow night. Peace. Peace.